Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Michael Block Talk, on Twitter at Block Talk NYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. They're back! A new batch of monsters have been assembled by the Boulay brothers to fight for the title of Super Monster and a huge cash prize of $100,000 provided by them. So which monster will reign supreme and who's going to die? It's time to find out as we talk all things Dragula Season 4. And joining me are two horror icon lovers, Salika Parsons and Hell of a Time. Hello! Was that like a backhanded compliment? I feel some kind of way about that. (laughs) Why? I mean, did you want me to call you horror icons? No. No, no. definitely not. (laughs) Actually, that's what I thought you said at first, and that's why I laughed. I was like, oh, what? (laughs) I mean, you're you're, you're spooky spooky. Um, Welcome to the podcast. Um, It's been, what, like a year and a half, two years since we talked about season three? It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been way too long. Then we had Resurrection last year, and now we've got a full season again. Um, yes. Before we officially start, I need to just do a disclaimer for anyone who may or may not listen. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented Yes, these are real people that have been given the opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they are they also have put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said on the podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. Just gotta put it out there. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, so please don't... Anyone listening and wants to send it to people, go for it, but like, just this is all for entertainment. Yes. Um, how did y'all feel about this first episode? Um, did you wait for an hour as Shudder fucked it up and got it up late? I watched it like two hours ago, so I honestly can't be that bitch because I was working and I was just like, oh yeah, and then I was going to go to a viewing party, but then I was like, you know, a nap seems so much better right now and they fucked up so many times. I didn't even, like, honestly, I didn't expect it to be out last night. I was like, it'll come out when they're ready. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I watched it. I watched it today as well. I think I'm not necessarily a wait for the midnight drop sort of person. I'm kind of like, I will just not check my social media so I don't get spoilers and then I'll watch it on my own time. Yeah, it was um, an hour late and um, <laughs> Twitter was not happy and neither no. were the comment section on Shutter. Uh, some of the things they said were crazy, including um, it was Jan's fault. <laughs> oh, funny but was it worth the wait how did we feel overall i mean it it's i will say they definitely have stepped their bussies up but like i know you're already gonna say you hated the acting and the acting moments because you always do um i didn't find them as bad as normally because normally yeah. they're really really cringe today it was only like half cringe and we'll talk about the ending when we talk about the ending but that acting moment was bullshit yeah, yeah, I I struggled with 
I've always struggled with, but I've, I definitely struggle with the acting portions of the show. And I just like, who is writing their scripts? Who do they hire? Because like- The Boulets, literally oh, in yeah, the credits, right. it says right. written by the Boulets. Said I thought it just said executive producers, but I guess they write it as well. So, you know, yeah. you got all that money. You're paying people $100,000. Maybe hire a writer or two. Yeah. But also, I thought it was kind of like really like put offy that they kept saying the $100,000 is provided by us. I was like- Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It has I'm glad we're already on the same page. Like, yes, we are. I, I couldn't stand that either. I was like, okay, why don't you just fucking gloat? Yeah, very. Okay, let's, let's start- with the movie it is a boule brothers production and we are going to be sure we all are aware of it we start off with ringing bells a voiceover from a mysterious lady saying there is a tale as old as time and no this is not some remake of beauty and the beast um yeah so we we all know i despise these movies i know why they're here but damn i'm not joking this initial movie ate up six and a half minutes of the episode yeah yeah i have to be honest yeah. Sorry, I have to be honest, but after seeing the um the resurrection special and how what's her face kept doing those really good set designs and storytelling, it was so amazing. Yeah, they should have just hired her hired her to do the like yeah. produce the story. Yeah. She was ten times better at it. I agree. Uh, for me, this was virtually just the Boulet brothers and PEG advertisement for those fucking masks. That's literally yep. all it was. Yep. It was a commercial. Yep. And the song. Don't forget the song. No, all right, right, right. 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 Um, so the first part of this movie is Shutter's way to subtly explain what Dragula is as a competition through a horror lens. Uh, the cinematography was wonderful, but like, why did we have it? Um, also, I love that one boulet had a knife and the other had a bell. Like, who who got the short end of the stick? How they decide that one? <laughs> we always uh, well, it's been a fan theory that the short one was going to eat the tall one. <laughs> Possible. That's an actual fan theory you can find on the internet. We watch as two competitors get their throat slashed. One is crowned harvest winner, and this is AKA how Dragula will work. We then cut to modern day where some chick is holding those boule masks, and yeah, I, I got nothing. Her and her boy are gonna wear the mask like at a party or something. <laughs> then we get like a father and son, and I, I'll so say it now, the kid could totally get it. Yeah, wait, um, wait, can we just can we just say for two, for two seconds of that scene how weird it was to have the dad be like, don't touch that. And then the kid yeah, was, was like, very weird. dad, keep doing the dishes so I can touch the mask. I was like, what is this? Yeah. Um, so clearly he's planning on selling them on eBay, which honestly, you can sell a lot of shit on eBay. I just show, sold like a, a glow in the dark um, ghost pail from McDonald's from the 90s for uh, $16. So you literally can sell anything that. on eBay. I would have bought that for 20 I got, I got more. Um, I got more all right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, so Twink Jock defies Daddy, opens the box, and then because of the rule of three, we get some chick listening to music, has the box on her bed. You clearly see the PEG logo, so we know who's making the money here. Um, but they all put on the masks. Uh, there's screams, murder, death, and what does this have to do with the show? We'll get to maybe at the end. But I will say the only redeeming moment for me was the third girl who was filmed walking down the stairs and we were seeing it through her, her eyes. It was very Michael Myers and Halloween. So I got that reference. I was here for that. But otherwise, six and a half minutes? Why? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah much. Too, too, especially for the transition that they did, how they went from that story to like, we're here, get out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's too, it makes no sense. 
And then when Mary was like, wait, what? And the guy was like, yeah, no, you have to get out now. It was like, you totally broke the scary illusion. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, very, no. very kind, very kindly. Like, no, it's time to get out now, Mary. No. All right. What? So we, we get our typical introduction where we learn the winner will headline the upcoming Dragula World Tour, receive a $100,000 grand prize courtesy of them. Um, and they just want to know that it's coming out of their pocket, just like RuPaul's not paying them out of her pocket. So just right. got to just gotta make sure it's different. Yep. But as you mentioned, we watch a van carrying Brooklyn's own Mary Cherry uh, drive oh, up yes. to a creepy warehouse where she is kicked out, told to go, go out. Um, can we discuss her acting skills? Not that good. No. I mean, I, I would like to point out that she is a lot more toned down in the conventional than I thought she would be. I thought it was going to yes. be a Mary Cherry show, but she is a very good reality TV contestant as we've seen so far. But yeah. I mean, she ain't an actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, I would give her, I'd rate her like a, I'd rate her like a, like a B minus. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, she don't fuck with ghosts, so she's not thrilled to go through here. But she walks through the corridor. Um, a scare actor on the ceiling is there to greet her, and then goes into a lounge to wait for the rest of the cast. Next up is my winner pick, Astrid Arulia, the drag daughter of Dolly, who was MIA tonight. Um, and here she is to kick some ass. She's a musician, a drag queen, and I have to say, that confessional look, she kind of looks hot, not going to lie. The eyebrows, honestly, I was impressed by, I, I thought they were real at first, because then when I saw like her without eyebrows, I was like, oh, those are painted on. Those are pretty fucking good eyebrows for just like normal human life. She's yeah. also better, um, a better actor than Mary. That's very true. Yeah. Um, Mary yeah. and Astrid and their banter was very interesting. But as Astrid says, Mary Cherry, that's cool. Insert shrug here. Right. <laughs> Next, we have Zavaleta, who looks pretty damn incredible. I'll say that. I love the hair. Love the jacket with the heels on the shoulder. Uh, glam, oh, cool. great first impression. Um, mm. She is from Mexico City, but lives in Brooklyn, New York. And she is so fucking excited to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, Zalik and I are familiar with Zavaleta. We know her. Um, Hella, how, how did you feel about your first impression of Zavaleta? No, I really liked the, the look was great. Um, I honestly thought a lot of the entrance looks were really fucking good. Um, and so I, you could tell some people put a lot of time into thinking about what they wanted to do. Um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a consistent theme for me this whole time. I just feel like there was so much scripting so like it mm -hmm. felt so heavily scripted from like the beginning obviously because that whole entry is intro is very scripted but just yeah. in the way the interactions that occurred throughout the entire episode it was it was honestly nauseating how much it just did not feel organic in the slightest so That's fair. i don't know like like my first impression is you know she seems really talented um but i also recognize that like People get edits, so I don't know her personally. So it's like hard for me to make a judgment off of one episode of the TV show. That's fair. So the three of them who clearly know one another, um, they say hello. Zavaleta knows Astrid, who uh, she's excited but nervous for her to be there because she knows she's talented. Um, I Yeah, this you could tell was a lot of scripted acting here because they know each other. They should have right. an easy banter. But alas... The zombie stripper of Tulsa, Oklahoma, a.k.a. the Cardi B of drag, a.k.a. Coco Kane, arrives next. Um, 
with that bloody knee. I cannot watch any more drag reality shows with busted knees. I'm sorry. Like, I cannot do it. After Canada, Canada, after Canada last week, I was like, I'm done. This is this storyline is played out. <laughs> but she got huge tits. Those are the, the, those were huge. Yes, they yeah. were huge. She so good. Coco was looking around the room and Mrs. Zavaleta, who's trying to introduce herself, and Zava does not take that too well. She is here. Hello, good morning. But more of that soon. <laughs> Listen, I mean. Coco. Someone's yeah. got to be the bitch. It's true. Coco tells us yeah. that she finds Zava interesting. Her first impression of her is, who in the hell is this? She's never really heard of her before. <laughs> Bloop. Bloop. I mean, yeah. I have to be honest, I've never heard of her. Like, not in a mean way. Like, we, we did the No, whole, I agree. We did the cast introduction podcast extravaganza. And, like, when we got to her name, I was like, I honestly have never heard of this person. But everything they're putting out is really cunt. But, like part of this game is it's a name game yep Mm -hmm. for sure wearing a t-shirt dress with boobs and a dick it's bitter betty and she is not as sweet as she used to be uh she is a transgender drag artist and has been doing it for 20 plus years she is not going to say a cheapy fucking tagline did you get her joke though she's been doing drag for 20 years (laughs) oh i I thought that was a joke if it wasn't she needs to like get on that (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, we discussed in the podcast previously, and people know that uh, Bitter Betty is a little controversial with their comments on social media. I thought she was pretty t- toned down for this episode. Mm-hmm. She seemed yeah. nice this episode. I thought I honestly like yeah. she was the good good guy of this episode. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, someone who is used to saying taglines is making one of them the most iconic memes in Drag Race history. It's Jade Jolie. And she is not allowed to say the name of that other drag show she was on. I don't think any of them are. Nope. (laughs) Um, Would I bang Jade Jolie? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. I I have to note that she certainly put on a persona on Drag Race because that high-pitched voice is gone where'd it go of your dreams yeah and she's my age the same age is that crazy um she says jade if you're listening you have a date and a episode for the podcast just let us know when you're available yeah please do um she says that dragula is a place where all drag is valid and hopes to fit in and prove why she is there Mary asked Jade what brings her here. Uh, her answer is pageant AF. She says this is where she'd like to be as the Dragula girls have inspired her, not only from creativity, but the kindness. Is that true? Are Dragula girls that kind in no. real life? No, I'm kidding. Um, there, I've, anytime I've interacted with any of the Dragula girls, they're always the sweetest of baby angels. Like, not to put her on spot, but I did a video shoot with Monique once. And, like, we have been friends online. I made her mixes and shit, whatever, but way before Dragula. But she came up to film a project with Dusty Ray not too long ago, before the pandemic. And, like, coming into it, I was expecting her to be like, let's be disgusting. And, and like, I walked up to her and she was like, oh, my God, hi, how are you? It's so good to finally meet you. And I was like, Bitch, you were the one on the TV, not me, but okay, hi. Yeah. 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 I mean, I got to meet uh, Saint and um, 
Valencia uh, during DragCon, you know, back in the day. And they mm-hmm. were very, very lovely because um, at that time, both of them had just been eliminated. But uh, so they had nothing else to lose. And I obviously love Madeline. She, she, she's a dear. Um, and Astrid, I'm a, I adore her. So I think everyone's pretty kind. I haven't met anyone who's that mean. Yeah, I I fully agree. I've I've I've, I'm friends with a few and and met a few through shows and stuff. And I think, um, you know, I think every every person is their own person. But I think in general, um, when you have sell it, (laughs) every person is their own person. Next up, we have yeah, no, absolutely. Next up, we have Hosa Teratoma from Seoul, South Korea, and she is Drag Yukia, aka General Eastern Monsters that's been shunned from society. What an incredible artist. So yeah. good. That beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you learn I, to do that? There's, it's something, I mean, it's like you have skill already, and then you just figure out how your face works. <laughs> I feel like that's like not something you can learn completely. Like, yeah. It's just so much. Betty is intimidated by a host, so as she is a fan of hers, so that's going to be important. Next up is the queen ready to throw her vag into Padge. It's Sigourney Beaver. She is from Chicago, and she is a female impersonator impersonator. Um, I, I've been a big fan of hers for a while. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of just all of what she brings to, like, the artistry of it. And, and... Uh, again that was like an intro that was so weird because there was like that sort of like awkwardness between uh i think it was mary and and sigourney and like just that and i just that all just felt so fucking weird well you do you did know what mary said to her right Mm -mm. she said yes breastplate oh shit i I did i was like that's not is that a joke or is that you 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 do not know probably doesn't know honestly mary is uh not saying this in a mean way but mary is the type of person that she will go full force into what like and it's not in like a negative way it's just in like the oh my god yes breastplate and then later we'll circle back and be like oh that's a real that's a that's a full-time breastplate okay <laughs> so yeah probably uh... way, but like I, the editing definitely got the best of that moment Absolutely. So Betty and Sigourney know each other from Chicago as Betty used to live there before heading west to LA. Sigourney is going to dart straight over to Betty as she is basically summoned over and bypasses Mary, who is pissed. Uh, So when she says her name, Mary, um, it's like Sigourney Weaver. Girl, I know you're not that dumb. No. Sigourney Weaver? Yeah. She just wanted to start shit. Yeah. Next up is the masked singer. I mean, the masked drag artist, Formaldehyde. Uh, Creepy. Creepy. Um, Also note that look and then remember it when we talk about the floor show because it's basically just the same in black. Who called it out during the uh, Meet the Queens episode? Thank you. You you did. You sure darn did. Um, If you told me Formaldehyde was a stand-in crew member, I would have believed you. (laughs) Also, they do not look like they are 21 years old. No way. Yeah, true. We learned that Formelda usually wears a mask, but uh, they do have artistic skills and makeup. When they walk in, Zabaleta freaks out, most likely because she probably thought that was a scare actor. Probably. (laughs) I wouldn't put, uh, not to be rude, but yeah, that looks like scare actor level quality of an outfit. Yeah, it's not, 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 you're right. It it really is. 
Mary is not a fan of masks and claims it is not the tea for Dragula. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, we have seen a lot of masked drag artists and Dragula not fare too well. Yeah, it's, I think it's just really hard to do, you know, because I mean, and, and this is, we can get more into it when we get to the actual floor show look, but I just think like, it's hard to vary masks uh, and yeah. it's hard to, and there's, and you are limited in sort of what you're picking specifically, but I think that this was done, her two masks were done better than previous mask wearers in the Dragula um, yeah. franchise, in my opinion. I mean, Betty asks, I think, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Not to like be a bitch and make this episode even longer, but, <laughs> but um, I mean, I think Monique's masks were really good. Her detriment was her outfits. Yeah. But yes, also, we'll yes. to that later because that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah same story. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Betty asks if they always wear a mask and Formelda says they are a mask queen this season. Jade, who is chipper in confessional, thinks that the masks are awesome and thinks what Formelda Hyde is bringing is completely valid. And last, but certainly not least, is the Icon Diva star and hopefully hopefully future Block Talk guest, Saints. Yay. Since we are Yay. on Shudder for the full, first full season, uh, she reminds us that she was on season three and the winner of Resurrection. Uh, the advantage she has is experience. She has the right frame, mind frame for the competition. And she says this is the sickest cast Dragula has had. Is she correct? I mean, mm. I'm not mad at the cast. I, no, yeah, I, I would say I would I'm going to need a little more time. I, I, exactly, but I think I think three. I think it, it is it is increased every season, in my opinion. Um, and and then this one, it, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I just think the all stars or all losers, whatever they do with that cast, is going to be the best, the best. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's our 10. No twists, no turns, no mysterious 11th contestant. Bum, bum, bum. So did Reddit get it wrong? Are we going to have an 11th contestant later? I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it, I guess. We'll see. Yeah. Because right? any, any spoilers I've heard, out the window, completely wrong. Yep. Yeah. The lights flicker, the TV turns on, and we get boo mail. Get it? Oh boy. The Belays welcome the cast of the show and reveal that starting now they have a one in ten chance of snatching the crown and that jacked up jackpot, courtesy of them. Mm-hmm. They have a little fun planned for the monsters. In order to officially enter the competition and receive their first challenge, they must successfully survive the maze of terror. Think Har- Halloween Horror Night Scarehouse amped up. But based on the credits, it is a place called 17th Door in Fullerton, California. Oh. Um, so you can actually go to this place. And they only okay. did like three out of like 10 or 11 rooms. And some of them are really intense. Uh, yeah. There's like a locked up creepy Santa. There, there, there's some really creepy ass shit there. Um, if they fail, they will be exterminated and be removed from the competition. And I got to say it. I really was hoping someone wouldn't get through it. Yeah. I, I honestly thought that was going to be the twist. I thought it was going to be someone didn't get through when they like got kicked out, and then the uh, Blaze were like, "Well, someone else proved that they could do this." Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's what I thought too. Yeah. So they start as a group, and they send the white person first because they will survive. Come on, they know horror <laughs> movies. 
They enter a room with gas chambers where they are all locked away. Uh, so what are these contraptions? Well, they are on a hydraulic arm dropped down horizontally to which they are then dropped out of them, which I thought was fucking cool. But yeah, I have to really imagine was. that was like some sort of slide probably, right? Uh-huh. It had to have been. Like, I, well, I, I, I did wonder if they... I was really wondering if they were going to show like what they fell onto, but then they were just like yeah. in another room. And I was like, Oh, that was a weird cut. That was a weird edit. Yeah. It was a very weird shot. Um, the next scare room is filled with beds and creepy people who chase them to an alley. The first five, which are Zavaleta, Jade, Betty, Hoso and Coco kneel down against a rail as a car drives straight toward them. Again, really cool gimmick. Obviously we yeah. know it's not a real car as you can see the track, um, but it's a really good stress test. Yeah. Um, it's like one of those things that, it? like, I think so. I think it's one of those things, though, where like you're you're like, oh, this isn't gonna hit me, but like as it gets closer and closer and closer, especially at that speed, that doubt starts to creep in, and you're like, but yeah, what I'm if? Gonna... It's time for our next five: um, Mary, Astrid, Sigourney, Saint, and Formelda. Once the headlights turn on, Astrid would rather not, and we will learn exactly why soon. Uh, Sigourney checks on Astrid, who is freaking out and did not expect it, and this is really our first introduction to any of the queens and their um fears yeah the next room is one of those gravity rooms where they stand against the wall as the room spins and there's the scary clown who's jumping around um insane clown posse am i right oh yeah you're not not a fan of those no i Uh, can't do anything in the circular motion like that (laughs) i will talk uh oh sigourney is basically attacked by one yeah sigourney is attacked by one thrown to the ground and that's not fun she thought she broke a rib or shattered a hip could you imagine if that happened on like the first challenge that would be so frustrating then the cash prize would have plummeted to like ten thousand (laughs) dollars cover those medic cover that ambulance ride sigourney beavers dragula (laughs) and that was it that's all they made them do uh it was a cool challenge and overall would the two of you have made it Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I would have like probably gotten out of airplane bullshit. Right. I would have probably gotten sick, but I would have made it. Yeah. Well, next we have a leather daddy showing up with shots for the monsters, and the boulets are back on screen and tell them they all get a reward. It's a deluxe state-of-the-art special effects makeup kit from PPI and Skill Illustrator. That's nice. a good fucking prize for going yeah, through a maze. A very right. good prize. Yes. But, you know, listen, if you got sponsorship, you know, throw it out, give it to them. Exactly. So they reveal that the first challenge is the horror icon makeover challenge. They must choose a classic horror icon and re- reimagine their look from the ground up. They can be from film, TV, books, comics, or video games. They do not want cosplay, but they also need to recognize their chosen icon. The winner will receive $1,000 worth of heels from FierceQueen.com. The bottom two will be up for extermination. Cool challenge. Very simple. Yep. Who would you both have selected as your horror icon? Oh, my. I should have thought. You should have prepped us with these questions. I would have done Ghostface. Ghostface? Okay. Ghostface for Pennywise, but like I would have done like Pennywise, the original Pennywise, not the new Pennywise. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, I probably would have either done Pennywise or um oh god um probably jigsaw i think i really liked the jigsaw moment like there was like a little bit of the jigsaw in um Mm -hmm. 
in the mask. What is it? Oh God, what's her name again? Zalika? No, no, no here's Zalika. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm struggling. I, I'm so bad with names. I'm Fermelda. Yeah, I'm so bad with names. Um, and I did not do the cast reveal with y'all. So I'm like, I'm still learning everyone's <laughs> names. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I thought what they've picked when we get to it, they were all pretty standard icons, and I thought they did a good yeah. um, spread. The boudoir, she got an upgrade. It looks really what? cool, but still completely unusable. Um, and the Boulet's photos are all around the room, just like RuPaul. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Whatever. The monsters arrive at a drag and gather around the table. And are you ready for the drama rama to begin? Jesus Christ, seriously. <laughs> so early. They start to discuss the haunted house. And Sigourney says, Isn't it fun that they let the tits lead the group? Ladies first. True. Yeah. said they put Betty first because she's old. And if they took her out first, she had a good run. <laughs> that was funny shade. That was good shade. Yeah, that was a good save for uh, and a good response to that because he, so they're just really trying hard to like stir up shit, you know, yeah. like the the writer the writing is. Savaleta shares that her favorite part was the car. She wanted it to come at her. She then tells Astrid that she was a pussy, and Astrid does not take kindly to this. She says that if she thinks PTSD makes her a pussy, then she can fucking leave. Zava comes back and says she has trauma too, and Astrid can't wait to see it exposed on camera. Later, monsters. Don't you worry. It's going to happen this episode. Oh my god! Seriously. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say it now. Like, this was the first moment that we got to see Zavaleta be Zavaleta, and I wanted to jump through the screen and be like, "Okay, calm, calm down a little bit. You're good. You're, you're fine." And it just got worse. It, it just yeah. escalated. Well, not to mention, and should... and they, they did, they did cut to it, but what, like. Using term like calling someone a pussy, it's like, well, we're on Dragula season four, and we're gonna like you have, uh, you know, uh, AFAB performers here. Have we not had this discussion already? Like these right. are the discussions we had on season three. Like that just. Ugh. So Astrid's gonna reveal. Say it again. I said, did Hollow Eve die in vain? Ooh. Apparently, Hollow Eve went down in vain for for sticking up for AFAB performers. So Astra's going to reveal that she was in an intense car accident and had a near-death experience. She thought she had conquered those fears, but she was in shock and it all came flooding back. And listen, I, I understand it. If you, you're face-to-face -face with something and not prepared for it, it can, it can be traumatizing. Right. Zavaleta says that she knows that she saw... Nope, nope, she's not going to say sorry. Mary is like, bitch, what? Yeah. Zava says, you come to Dragula to come for your fears, so let's just fucking do it. But also, an apology was warranted. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Like it's just maybe there was one, honestly, behind the scenes. Yeah, and I feel like it mm -hmm. might have just been edited out. You know, exactly. In confessional, Zava says that Astrid needs to hold it in and breathe and take it because life is going to get tougher, and she's just twenty-four. How old uh, is Zavaleta? Aren't they like the same age? I thought Zavaleta was twenty-two. I could be wrong. She just looks young. Yeah, she. She. I believe she's young, but. Whatever. They're all excited for their first challenge. Sigourney is not going to give anything away for free. And is okay. that her quote, Zava says? Notice how she is quite active in all conversations. She just loves the camera, and the camera loves her. Yep. 
She's going to be the narrator this season. Yep. Sigourney wants to know why Zava talks so mean, even when she's trying to be nice. She also calls her bitchy, but then Betty doesn't think she's a bitch. She thinks she's young and immature. Which would you rather be called? A bitch or young and immature? A bitch. Yeah. So it's it's kind of funny that like Betty trying to be nice in this moment is actually insulting her further. Literally. Meanwhile, Mary can't defend Zavaleta all the time, to which Zava says she doesn't need her to defend her. Zava says this is her first time connecting and that she can defend herself. Oh, and they don't work together in Brooklyn, but Mary says they will and see if they are going to work together. She's going to get a higher pay. Uh, Shade. <clears throat> is that true, Zalik? Just, is that how it works? Um, I, as a active drag queen in New York City life, my life, this would be my extermination challenge question because I'm not answering it. <laughs> but I mean, ah! I, I mean, honestly, to be brutally honest, that's kind of how Brooklyn slash anywhere works. Like, especially currently, a lot of the new girls are just taking gigs to take the gigs to get the money. And the vets yeah. are like, that's your gigs to get the money. We're going to keep our, like, the ones that we've had had and we've been making money, more money off of, and we're fine. So it, she, there's, she's not wrong. I mean, obviously, I'm sure they'd get the same booking fee because they're both on the same season, but... Yeah, right. Oh. And, and placement may matter. Yeah, yeah 100%. True. Coco learns that New Yorkers fight one minute, then they're hugging the next, then they get stabbed, and they're bandaging each other up. That's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate, <laughs> yeah. Really, really true, true. Mary asks who everyone thinks each other's biggest competition. Zava is scared of Creepy Hoso, who she doesn't remember her name. Astra reveals that she has been a big fan of hers for a long time. And then we get some like 80s corny love music as the two of them give eyes to one another. Hoso is super excited for Astra to be in the cast as she's always been a fan and had a little crush. Yeah. They really you played that. Okay, get... that 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 editing was like, <laughs> I was like, y'all, these. these you think we're gonna get editors... a little romance? Oh, definitely. They're definitely for sure. Yeah. And what also... are they gonna do in their off time? I low key hope they show them in the mansion because they said y'all are moving in together in the mansion. Like they've never like said that phrasing of words before. So I hope we do get like if people do hook up, there's kind of like a well, this morning you two were cuddly and they like show unseen footage of them on a couch or something yeah yes that'd be cool. yes Romelda is not familiar with hoso's work and she's not sure what she'll be able to bring to which hoso is like well if you followed me back oh my god we love an instagram call out Whoop. um I, I i thought that was such a good comeback that was great yeah that was really great Romelda reveals that she doesn't perform in Phoenix as she is more of a digital queen. She does it all online. She has a huge following on Instagram and Twitch. So wait, does that mean, because uh, I'm not very familiar with Romelda's stuff, does that mean that she started doing stuff during the pandemic or she's just solely ever done digital things? That I'm not sure the full answer is. Lika may know a little better than I do, um, I but I feel like... Either. Sorry. Yeah, I yeah. feel like most of it's been digitally even before the pandemic. Okay. But yeah, Just what curious, is it with all these shows? Because I've never heard that before. Yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy because like all these shows every season are putting on a social media queen and they're just dying the first episode. Every, every show. Mary notes that the mass queens don't survive here, which Betty thinks is sad because 
Fernanda's such a cutie. And Fernanda says she is the 360. Babe, that's a full circle. Like, that means you're going to go. You did this to yourself. <laughs> so true. Maybe somebody said it. Yeah. Um, now it's Mary's turn to say who she thinks, and she's not feeling Sinorgi. 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 Oh, my God. That's right. Sinorgi. Bitch, I died. She can't even say her name right. Um, well, Sinorgi says that she wouldn't let her feel it for free. We have that callback that Zavaleta doesn't yeah, like. Yes, yes. That's I love that. I love the fact that Sigourney's just like pushing buttons. <laughs> She's like, well, oh, she, you don't and, like me saying that? I'm just gonna say it. And and she does it so like shyly and meekly, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. Sigourney's gonna grow on me as a definite fan favorite, I think. Oh yeah. I could see that. Astrid's now gonna say Zavaleta or Femelda will go home. She says Formelda because she hasn't had the most performance experience. And Zava, thinking it's all about her, says Astrid has been to her show. She knows she's a performer. And Astrid's like, I am not talking about you. I said Formelda. Sounds right. right. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, Zava. Calm down. Listen. Use the ears. It's, it's okay. It's all going to be good. You're good. You're good. You're fine. So why should Zava be in the bottom? Well, Astrid knows her from Brooklyn and thinks she's absolutely amazing. And again, before we can hear the statement, Zava digs in and says, Astrid failed at Brooklyn. Yup. Oh my God. Yeah. Astrid is trying to explain herself, but Zava says it's her turn and tells Fermelda that she's going home because she needs to start talking and the mask is not doing it for her. One, what is the story behind the quote unquote fail in Brooklyn? And two, why does Zava let her keep doing this? I mean, I, um, oh, I look so pretty right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, um, I don't know the full tea on the she failed in Brooklyn status, but I will say that as someone who has worked with her in passing slash has seen what she's done at her shows, it's not that she failed Brooklyn. It's just, I don't think the move to Brooklyn thing was the right Thing for her in her journey like um I don't know if y'all remember Pearl moved to Brooklyn for a little bit and like it yeah. just mm-hmm. wasn't the fit and I think that's primarily what happened and also COVID and COVID yeah that other yeah. shit is real all that stuff is what happened so because yeah Astrid was performing regularly at like what three yeah. different bars on a weekly mm-hmm. basis so she didn't necessarily fail she just different different strokes for different different folks strokes for different folks yes yeah. Formelda meekly says that they can underestimate her, but she will show they can perform and give the full fantasy. Don't sleep on her, which Mary says she slept through that conversation. <laughs> Zava says, be nice to the little kids. And Astrid says, why don't you be nice? And she's like, I'm here to prove I'm a winner. And Saint finally chimes in and jokes that they're doing multiple crowns this time. And Zava makes a personal and says, on her teeth. <laughs> that was funny. That was really funny. Oh. <sighs> We just not. We don't always need to make it personal, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm also. Yeah. Sorry, I honestly man. think that was edited to make it look worse than it was. I think they were yeah. all doing personal jokes, and Zavas just was the zinger that they're like, "Oh, we're going to continue with this narrative." Yep, that's fair. Well, it is time for the unofficial walkthrough as we get to see just what the monsters will be presenting on the floor show. Astrid will be taking the Xenomorph from Alien and making it out of EVA foam and motocross armor. Lots of airbrushing and stones so it can shine. 
Formaldehyde is going with Billy the Puppet from Saw. I think smart idea for Mask. But then yeah. she is doing a vintage nurse with syringes. Where? Huh? Where? Huh? Okay, yeah. I have a really, I have a thought, I have a really, this pissed me off. Okay, I'm going to go on a tangent for yeah. a second. Shut up. So I understand the reference because the needles is um, Amanda when she got pushed into the pit, the hypodermic needle yeah. pit, because it was her like poison that she had to go and like she needed a retribution, whatever bullshit arc moment. But there was no nurse. There was never a fucking nurse. You could have done a full bodysuit with the needles and have like keys tied to them or shit and like lock on your neck or something. And with the Billy the Kid mask on, that would have still been more impassable. She just, I'm sorry. And like she only used eight needles. Like what? Yeah. Like, come on. Come and on. it was just like, yeah. it was like badly, I think it was hot glued to the front and it just looked really bad. <laughs> yeah. She says she's not worried about the competitors. She's worried about herself. And you should be Instagram queen. You should be. You worry about everything. Coco is taking inspiration from Morticia Adams, but going urban and modern. Basically, a black representation of the Adams family if they had their own TV show. Bitter Betty is going with the queen of horror, Elvira. The hair will be gigantic. She's going to elevate the look in her face and make her demonic. Zavaleta is going to take on the pale man. Uh, she's got gloves with liquid latex of blood, and now she's adding the eyes. As she says, her eyes will be looking to the left and to the right, just like Mary's eyes. <laughs> Not necessary. It was funny, but was it necessary? I mean, I think this season of Dragula, they're trying to make it a lot more cuntier because they want, like, the prize is bigger, so they want the edits to look scary. Like, I think they're just trying to get that drag race, like, gag mm -hmm. moment. It's just yep. coming off way too mean. Yeah, it, it really is just coming off, like, very personal. And I, they did try to edit with that where after Zabaleta said it, they, showed, they like, cut right to Mary, and Mary, like, yeah. did, like, a little smirk. But those probably weren't even related, right? Like, they probably were Absolutely just, like, we not. need to find a scene of Mary smirking so that it doesn't look like she's pissed about this. Exactly. Hoso says that one of the first horror icons you encounter in the cinemas is Other Mother from Coraline. She oh, was an yes. insect-like being who tried to sew buttons in everyone's eyes. She's going to amplify the insect features and use a fuck ton of buttons. She is the only animated character there, so she believes she will stand out. She also thinks she creates a drag in a unique way, so she's excited to show her drag. Confession. I've never seen Coraline. She have never seen um that would be a Mike make Mike watch. I, honestly, it's a really, really good movie. Okay, yeah, I'm here it, for it. I, I very much identified with that being one of the first things that I watched as a child and like being like, this is terrifying and beautiful at the same time. And so I was really excited when I heard she was going to do that. Yeah. Well, also, next day we're back. Yeah, go ahead. Wasn't Mary's character technically animated because she was the Marshmallow Man? CGI more than animated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, it's the next day. We're back in the boudoir and it's time to get ready for the floor show. They all walk in with their goodies and the bitches are ready. Mary has brought with her a fan. Well, three, because she gets wet and sweaty. How many fans do you need when you get ready? Mine's off right now because I am a professional who has to record a podcast. So I see someone flying in the background. <laughs> That doesn't count. That's just that for my ceiling fans. <laughs> Look, okay, yeah. you know what? Hold up. I got a big jet. I'm fan kidding. That I, that I... Take that. Believe me, I would need. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So we're gonna have a little bit of a mirror talk. Um. Between Betty and Sigourney discussing how they feel about being a lady doing drag. 
Sigourney says it's a lot easier now than it was when she started five years ago. She was told she wasn't allowed to do drag and it would be disrespectful. Betty says it's bullshit as a cis woman have been doing drag as long as she has. Her first drag mother was a cis woman. Mm. Sigourney says she has to work twice as hard as, to get where she is. Betty says it wasn't as hard for it for as the doll for the dolls now, meaning in this moment, transgender drag queens. What mm-hmm. are you gonna do? Kick their ass one tit at a time. Betty will now say in confessional that she feels there is a difference between being a trans woman and a cis woman in a drag competition, but they share similar obstacles. What do you think she is referring to? I think it's like on a respect level. I I hope so, because I feel like it was so ambiguously edited. Like, I was like, is she saying it's harder? Is she saying it's easier? Is she saying, like, what? I just feel like that was an unfortunate... um, not, not allowing her to explain what she meant by that is unfortunate because I'm sure she's going to get a lot of hate for that online. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was an interesting comment, but I think a comment that uh, hopefully will be explored further in the season. Yeah. I do hope they give her a chance to explain. Cause I just don't want to see, I don't want to see anything like that get taken out of context, especially on a very important topic. You know, it's an extremely important yeah. topic of conversation that did also feel I, I was talking about this with my friends today and it, and it felt like, it felt like literally the writers were like, okay, you're both women. Go talk about being women in drag. Cause they just felt very awkward around each other. And I feel yeah. like that conversation is something that would have happened naturally, no matter what, and would have mm-hmm. been much more authentic had they just let it organically come about as opposed to being like, we need to throw this in the first seat or the first episode right now. Do it. Talk. Yep. You know, I agree. Weird. Jade reveals that she's been obsessed with the show since the moment it came out and feels like this is where she belongs. She is a partier. She is wild. Her mouth is fire. She can be her herself here and she is being accepted. The world will see a side of her they've never seen. She thinks she'll find her place at Dragula. Wow, she's so positive. Wow. Yeah. This is not the person we saw on season five of Drag Race. But I also, this is, I feel like this is what, what some folks do when they go on a reality TV show and they get that really villainous edit and then they get a chance to come back on something that gives them a platform is they want to erase the previous, yeah. you know, exactly. version of I don't know if y'all are fans of like the Big Brother challenge crossover bullshit, but that happened to Devon because Devon looked like the bitch, like she was the angry black woman who always got angry and all this bullshit. And then she got to come back onto the challenge and she was a completely different person. Not in the sense yeah. that she was acting different. They just showed full sides of her personality and didn't make her look like an angry person. Yeah. yeah. As the monsters are literally still on their face, the alarm sounds announcing the floor show is about to begin. But for real, can we have them seriously walk out in half face at some point? <laughs> that would be the I'm gag. Over the gimmick. I'm way over I'm, the gimmick. I'm, I'm so, so over it's the old. fuck. I was over the gimmick on the first round, but I'm just like, I can't believe they're still doing the shtick. Yeah. It's not I, I mean, it's it, wait until they actually make them come out and whatever they're wearing, and then we'll all be thrilled and happy. But it, we got to retire. Happen. Right. They just need to stop. And because then you see these fake, like, oh my God, I'm not ready. I can't be ready this quickly. It's like, oh God, get a life. We're going to the floor show. The boulets come out looking pretty cool, black and red, and those nails and whiteout lenses. Um, 
based on the credits. The hair is by Wig Chapel and the look is by Venus Prototype. Um, and they get to do their own little floor show because it's their show and not ours. Also, <laughs> and it's their money, not ours. Exactly. Judging this week is celebrated author, educator, and horror film historian Tenerive Du. Are you familiar with her work? Mm-mm. No, I am not. Same. Joining her is director of cult classic Jawbreaker and three-time Dragula judge Darren Stein. Is he basically like the Ross and Carson of the show? Is he just going to be on every season now? I mean, it would help. Mm-hmm. Like, it would create yeah. some kind of level of equilibrium. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the thing. Is it's hard. It's it's. I think that is one thing they need to try to model it after is to have some more consistent people that aren't just the Boulay brothers. Um, yeah. Well, as Boulay say, drag is art, and art is subjective. They will not be judging them on their drag, but how their drag relates to the challenge and the competition. I say this because they say it, but let's be real. They do judge their drag. So, yeah, just, just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, there's, there's no avoiding category. I don't think there's any avoiding that. It's a drag competition no. show. Your drag is going to be <laughs> Well, the floor show category is horror icon makeover. And in honor of this floor show, we are going to play icon or cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's start off with Hoso Teratoma doing Other Mother from Coraline. Uh, no designers listed. We're, I'm going to throw out designers if they have posted them yet, but I know we're doing this a little earlier than some of the queens have posted their shit. But I'm really impressed by this look, and Hoso is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, I think the fabric she chose feels very maternal, and the cone boobs like pit, look like pin cushions. I would have loved even more buttons to ride further down on the dress, but the mermaid frill was an interesting touch. Makeup is terrifying and true to Hoso. It's not a replica and does stray from the source material, but I appreciate the interpretation. Yeah, I, I, as I would say, like, I would say this was like a semi cosplay interpretation. Like, there was a lot of, a lot of the elements were very similar to the original. Um, character mm-hmm. and I think pro- part of the problem with choosing an animated character is it's hard not to make it cosplayish to some degree because sure. you know that it's already like a artist created um, creature and especially when you're choosing a creature like the other mother but I think it was amazing like I got chills I, I loved it and it, maybe that's because of my childhood but I also just really yeah. like their art so yeah Salika, what did you think? Uh, also, your brow, gorgeous. That was go- gorgeous mm-hmm. watching it. Yeah. Thank you. She's learned some things. Um, I thought it was really smart. I liked, it's hard, especially with a cartoon, like you were saying, there's only so much you could reference and like there's only so yep. much you could pull from because it's a very specific artistic choice. But I think she was smart by keeping it her and saying, I'm going to do like, how I approach when I'm ever doing a reference or anything is okay I'm going to use Lika's makeup first and then I'm going to add to make it look like the other person and I think that's how she approached it but like mm-hmm. in a smart production way it was very very fun to watch very I liked it it was an iconic moment for me I also it's think that doing 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 a button over one eye was a smart touch because obviously like the character from the movie has button eyes um similar to what you just said Zalika just sort of like making sure that part of her drag was was still there and not just complete cosplay. Swanthula recognized her as the other mother immediately. She just scrambled up all the iconic things to make the other mother and made it imaginative and unexpected. Tenerife wasn't familiar with the source material, but was getting Tim Burton-esque and was impressed by the look and the movement. 
Drakmorda found it an interesting choice and thought outside the box. She is aware of her drag, but not her performance skills. She was impressed with the character and movement. Darren calls her fashion couture and terrifying and says she is everything that Dragula stands for. I will give her an icon. Yeah, I agree. Definitely an icon. Also, we didn't mention this yet, but they did the floor show for like the editing much better than previous seasons. Like they didn't mesh yes, them all the yes, yes. story, which I appreciated. I agree. Well, the audience agree. They were 100% icon, 0% cosplay. They were a fan of this look. Yes. Next up, J. Jolie, Sarah Sanderson from Hocus Pocus. No designers listed. This is what I expected from Jade, and I'm kind of impressed. There is a very dark vibe from her, Sarah, but she still keeps the color story from the source material. My fear for Jade is adding dirt and bugs does not solely make you a monster, so I'm hoping as the competition continues that she will push her boundaries further. This was a good but safe start to the season. I fully agree that I think, like, you know, she's trying to rebrand herself, and we have seen with this sort of style of drag, you know, if you can do something really sort of startlingly gross, like eat maggots, you know, you're at least like getting your foot in the door. So I 100% agree with you. I think if we see something like that repeated, it's kind of like, okay, like move on. But I do think it was a good, I 100% agree with the save vote on that. And I don't think it was necessarily a totally cosplay. I really liked the teeth moment um because you couldn't see that at first and then it was like i liked just like the aged almost like wooden look to them um but i have to be honest i was a little underwhelmed only because we all had this preconceived notion of her being on drag race i mean if she wasn't like if it wasn't her this is definitely a safe look but because it was Mm -hmm. her it was a little underwhelmed but i could see why she got safe yeah Mm -hmm. i'll give it an icon just because i'm impressed she's here <laughs> i want to give it a cosplay okay i'm gonna also give it a cosplay the audience would agree with you but very very split icon 48 percent cosplay 52 percent next okay. up we have saint leatherface from texas chainsaw massacre hair by wigs x skin apron by loris bow tie collar by house of nothing this was not what i thought saint would do but i completely appreciate it the skin apron is not a new concept. Lawrence Cheney did it and perhaps did it a bit grander. I think this was a small presentation. It wasn't as grand as we saw from her on Resurrection. I think the prosthetic on the face was quite strong. Mm-hmm. I would need a little more from her moving forward. Yeah, I think she has, She, I mean, she's, she's ex- more than expected of her because she's been down this path multiple times. Um, and she even said it in her in her intro. You know, she knows what to expect from this. Um, but I do think the the face was incredible. It was one of the favorite things that I saw on on the floor. But I think that was probably the the max of what was good. And everything else mm-hmm. just kind of like didn't really match what was going on from the neck up. I think. What did you think? Personally, I think as a drag queen, I think she could have definitely taken it farther, done more with it. So we're going to be on TV, do more. But as a reality fan, I think she was strategic because she knew she was coming back and she just had done four other looks that we all just have seen. So if she came yeah. out of the park with a home run, then the rest of the season would have been a struggle bus for her. She played it smart by going low first. Mm. And then see her. she's going to keep getting better and better. Yeah. That's a I'll really give good this an point. icon. Yeah, I'll give it an icon. I also give it an icon. Audience agrees. 93% icon, 7% cosplay. 
Next up, Astrid Aurelia Xenomorph from Alien. Armor and accessories by Astrid, bodysuit by Bedinka. Astrid went big for the first challenge. This was great. I think the look was instantly recognizable and yet had its own sinister punk twist when she removed the mask to reveal her paint. Um, I think the construction of the look was quite wonderful and a very good start for Astrid to kick off the season. Yeah, I like I liked it a lot. Um, I wasn't the head shape was a little weird for me with the mask on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I was sort of like I was sort of waiting for for her to turn to a profile and like have that iconic like head shape, and it just wasn't. It didn't match what I wanted. Um, mm -hmm. But obviously, obviously, a ton of fucking work has been put into that 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 outfit. Um, but I, yeah, I wasn't necessarily sold completely on on it i mean I, it's very recognizable just because of who it is but it was like the head shape yeah. is like the most important part to me for that true zika what did you think um i'm gonna go off by saying that this is something that i could never personally do i wouldn't be able to recreate this look and i would not be able to wear something similar because i don't have her technical skill but i was underwhelmed sorry that's fair I know everyone's been loving it everyone's been liking it um i just, I thought it was more of a cosplay. Like I get, it's obviously not a cosplay because it is a completely different structure. Yeah. And but it read too much of a cosplay for me, and I wasn't reinvented enough. I've seen people do this look before when they re like go crazier, go grosser. I just it didn't feel new enough for me, so I didn't really love it. However, if we were looking at, if I was stepping back and looking at it as a reality show fan, I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah. And and Can also the makeup under, the makeup underneath, um, I wasn't that impressed by. And they made a really like strong comment about, oh, the way you did your makeup when you took them out. I was like, it, she drew lines up her face. You know, she took yeah, the yeah. eyeliner and she went vertical instead of horizontal. So I don't know. I just wasn't like blown away by the makeup. You know, it felt. Henry says she, though. yeah. Tenerife says she loved the silhouette, the look, the walk, the character. She was scared, but at the same time, wanted her to spit acid on her. Darren says Alien is his favorite movie, so as soon as he saw her silhouette, he was gagged. H.R. Geiger would be super proud. Swanthula said it was a xenomorph of her wildest, wettest dreams. It was very sexual, and the energy was wild. Jack Mortis says the way she did her hair was very punk, and it was a fresh take on the concept. I enjoyed it, so I'll give it an icon. I'm going to give it a cosplay. I'm going to give it a cosplay, too. Yeah, if we're being honest. The audience was overwhelmingly icon. 95% icon, 5% cosplay. Next up is Sigourney Beaver, Bride of Frankenstein. No designers listed. Um, I'm going to be a bit controversial, but while the silhouette was there, the hair told us exactly who we were seeing. I don't know why she chose leopard print. Uh, the mug is sensational. This look is sexy and checks off all the boxes for a transformation of an icon. Um, she is the only one with a reveal this week, and that coat revealed some fun burlesque with the sh um, shocker tassels. And again, white is a typical color for the Bride of Frankenstein, so I'm unsure why she went gold. Reinvention, baby. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. probably her her interpretation of not being complete cosplay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she could have just come. I think I like the burlesque part was, I really loved the, the reveal. And then they talk about it on the judging you know, I really thought it was sort of confusing. And then it was like, oh, that's so cool, you know? Um, yeah. But I feel like you could just come out in the stuff that's really good, uh, especially for the first one and not not necessarily reveal from a weird costume. But it, I love the hair. The hair was so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's brilliant. It's like, what did you think? I think I honestly gagged when this, when she first came out, I was like, 
not overwhelmed with the coat, not overwhelmed with the silhouette, but I could definitely tell the character right away. But once that jacket came off, I was like, she sold me. I yeah. honestly, I thought she was going to win this week. Personally. Yeah, she was I did too. Winner. I really did too. Because they always say how the performance is like just as important as the run, like the look. And I just felt right. like her storyline was much more. Much stronger. Stronger. And, and I, I, think- I don't know. Yeah, I'm frustrated by by because like you, we talked about it just a second ago. The judges all love Alien, right? They're all just like obsessed mm-hmm. with Alien, and so I think like smart choice on her part for choosing something that a lot of people identify with. Um, but like I think the judges, the subjectivity of the judges, like upbringings and like horror, like likes and 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 preferences, really kind of swayed them towards that. Because I fully Absolutely. agree that I. Mm-hmm. Think it was better swanthula says she is a performer it was kind of glorious and reveal was flawless the interpretation was electric and metallic and the bulk titty tassels was fun darren says it was madonna gautier but who needs cone bra when you got tassels with bolts jack mortar liked how she played with silhouettes with the coat being sharp and angular and she was aware of her shapes tenerife was not wild about the coat at first but it got her amped up for the reveal when the coat came off she took the interpretation of bride and made it her own even though I'm very critical, I think it's because I do appreciate Sigourney a lot, and I will give it an icon. Icon. Icons only. I, audience was 81% icon, 19% cosplay. Next up is Mary Cherry as the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. No designers listed. I'm lost. How is this not in the bottom? Um, I will say that she looks like quite skinny in that look. Um this is just plastic pool floaties put together in the shape of a giant marshmallow. Um, for someone bitching about masks on Dragula, isn't it coincidental that she's essentially wearing a mask? Give uh, me something sickening under there. Um, give me a fucking cool makeup look. This had camp, but compared to the rest of the cast, this was incredibly weak. I mean... Uh-oh. I mean... I mean cosplay next yeah i mean i i'm i'm i love i love camp i really do um but it 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 wasn't even campy it, just, it was just sad no it just didn't look that good like it just truly didn't look yeah. that good and i i wanted to bring that up too and you brought it up michael about the mask thing there were like zavaleta and and mary mm-hmm. there were a bunch of people who who came out in masks yeah. after talking some shit about the masks so yep it's a cosplay for me. Yeah, cosplay. cosplay. Audience, 35% icon, 65% cosplay. Next, we have Zavaleta, Pale Man for Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, no designers listed. Again, I haven't seen this movie, but I know the reference before, and from what I know, it's all about the eyes. That was not present here. They needed to be the focal point. Instead, she chose the gore and the gag, didn't end up working. In the floor show, the lighting um, made it look spooky but the second she stood on stage for judging it looked messy and mm-hmm. as someone on reddit said she looked like haunted foreskin <laughs> <laughs> um has anybody seen the movie smiley no no it's a very specific horror movie that didn't do too well but the character's makeup is iconic it is basically it's like morphed skin and it has two slits as eyes and a slit as a mouth and it's the creepiest looking thing and that's what I was getting so when yeah. we, when I like I rewatched her explanation because I just I may have skim parts because sometimes they don't know when to shut the fuck up like me but um I went through 
their explanation. I was like, I see it in the hands, but that wasn't yeah. big enough for a moment. Like you, sh- if that yeah. was what you're going for, you should have been a giant fucking hand, bitch. Yeah, yeah. And and then I am glad they also sort of revealed the the issue with the props because um, mm-hmm. that's not something they had to show us. But I think like we see such a such a pared down edited version of the the floor show that it's interesting to yeah. see like how long they actually get to do this. And the music obviously isn't like it is in the in the like they're not right. blasting that really intense, scary music. So it's just very interesting to sort of see them break the fourth wall in a second there and be like someone like just literally trying to pump blood. Right. <laughs> so Drek Mortis says her prop fucked her over. The problem was when she got out the blood to pump it, they were waiting and waiting and waiting. We then, as you mentioned, see behind the scenes shots of the floor show and we see some PAs pumping and no luck. She tells her to test out her props and gags before you get there. And Zava says she thinks the pump got destroyed on the way there. Not an excuse, but not the first time this has happened. Uh, yeah. Tanarive wanted to see more of her personality come out beyond what she was wearing. Swanthala says she was an incredibly per- she has an incredible personality, but the character swallowed her up. Darren says he could see her in a horror movie tomorrow. It looks real, terrifying, and gruesome, but thought it was the mummy. He wasn't sure who the icon was. Yeah. I think it looked fun, so I'm going to give it an icon, but it's a very, very safe icon. I mean, it's, I feel like we can't give it a cosplay because it was it was very different than what yeah. she was actually trying to do. But is there like a third option? I mean, like I said, she executed the challenge in the sense that it was uh, her yeah. own representation. Yeah. Like yeah. had yeah. the gag worked, maybe she would have been safe. Yeah. 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 The audience was 53% icon, 47% cosplay. Next we have formaldehyde, Billy the puppet from saw. Uh, no designers listed. The mask is incredible, visually stunning and effective, and I knew the reference. Even if we didn't hear about it in the boudoir, the contacts were perfect. The rest of the look, while true to a medical monster that Formelda is, just didn't scream makeover in the same way that Dubulay has asked for. Yeah, Sigourney and Hosta did dramatic interpretations. They still stayed true to the source material. This was a new take on the character with the mask as the only redeeming element. The boots, I don't care. I get that they're typical club kid boots, but like, when are we going to say enough with white eye contacts, Mr. and Mrs. Boulay? Kettle black. Yes, thank you. Ugh, I really. feel different. I mean, say it. So as someone who is lazy and drag and wears wedges to every single fucking show slash boots if I'm allowed to, I get the ideology of relying on a crutch of a club kid boot because it, it's like you, I, it's such a smaller, you know what I mean? It's such a smaller thing, like a smaller attribute. It's, but then again, it's also goes back to them saying, we're not going to judge your drag. And then they're judging. Right. Drag right. right. She wanted. So it's all 50, 50 bullshit. Who fucking cares? Their name's on the show. So let's just listen to it. Yeah. yeah. Darren also, didn't completely get the, the, mask, the mat. Yes, the rest of the outfit was just sort of like, eh, but the mask was so fucking good. And this is like yeah. what I was talking about with the difference between Monique's and um, I would say, you know, these masks are much, Formelda's are much more cosplay masks. And Monique's are like a unique mask that changes colors and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I love the idea that, you know, uh, Formelda can sort of just like take these characters and then construct, I don't know what, what she constructs them out of, but I'm like very curious, yeah. like how does she, how she makes the, like the process. 
Darren didn't completely get the reference. He thought the hypothermic needles was a reference to Nightmare on Elm Street 3, which he's here for. Tenerife did not get the reference, even though she's seen every Saw movie. She thought she was the abstract face of addiction. She thinks the performance could have been improved a bit in terms of movement. Swanthula says the mask is effective, but the scale is small. Jack Morta says Saw is small and wasn't terrible by any means from the waist um, down. It was really brave to wear club kid boots on episode one. She's shocked to see it, but maybe she's a sadist. Um, I don't know. I'm in the right in the middle for this one. I'll give it an icon, but I I don't know. I feel bad. I'll give it an icon just alone for the, how fucking creepy and cool the mask was. From That's yeah. all I'll give it an icon. I'm giving it an Amazon Prime. <laughs> audience was the audience 81% icon 19% cosplay Coco Kane wow. Morticia Adams from the Adams family no designers listed I think she nailed the silhouette of Morticia but really gave it that urban flair between the cutouts and the box braids and the hoop earrings and that ass she was the black Morticia we deserved uh, she could have made it a bit more glamorous with a flashier material as the fabric was a bit plain but that's just me being a little nitpicky here yeah, I loved it. I love. I fucking loved it yeah. so much. I thought it was genius. It was something we haven't seen on the Dragula stage per se. We've definitely seen mm-hmm. a lot of little black black dresses or like black yeah. gowns, hundreds of them. But she definitely told the full Morticia story, so I was here for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Tenerife says the hair was so majestic it was iconic movie monster we never got to see. Darren said never send a rose-dyed black unless it's a warning, and she is that warning. Swanthula says it was so sexually charged and dark and thought it was brilliant. Jack Morta was sold the minute she saw the silhouette. She didn't associate the blood with Morticia, but that was a minor detail. Icon, icon, icon. That pissed me off. That sentence right there, that that minor detail, because there are other minor details that other queens do. She'll never let them But because she liked the movie, she was like, I'll let it pass. That, see, yep. that, that's the shit that bothers me about Dragula. Yep. I'll give it an icon. Icon. Icons only. Audience, 65% icon, 35% cosplay. Wow. And finally, we got Bitter Betty as Elvira. Go back to Party City where you belong. The hair is great, and that's that's expected from her. If you told me the rest of the look was from a bag, I would have believed you. The demonic beat didn't quite make sense. I felt this was very disappointing for me. I agree. I, I, mean, I fully, I fully agree. I feel like she could have done so. Like, if you're going to take someone as Elvira, who already has an iconic look, and you want to flip it on mm-hmm. the head, you got to like pull in the words of that other bitch, 360 it and go fully the other way. <laughs> like, if you're going to do basic Elvira that we've all seen so many times. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was Morta doesn't think... Up. It was yeah, cosplay Elvira. It was cosplay Elvira. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Jack Morta doesn't think she necessarily should be there tonight. The detail with the outfit comes out in spades. Her drag is flawless, but the judges felt it was too similar to the inspiration. Swanthula says there are a lot of details. She wants the earrings. The icon came across, but she didn't take it and turn it into something new. Darren says we can see variations of this at any gay bar on Halloween. Tenerife says great hair, great boobs. Just want to see more Bitter Betty. Cosplay. Cosplay. Audience, 57% icon, 43% cosplay. What? I know. 
Well, the Boulets have made some crazy decisions and have decided Mary Cherry, J. Julian St. are safe, Coco Kane, Hosoteratoma, uh-huh. Astrid Aurelia, and Sigourney Beaver are the top four, leaving Bitter Betty, Formaldehyde, and Zavaletz as the bottom three. With this, do you agree? I don't. Mary Cherry no. should have been the bottom. I still don't get how Mary Cherry made it past the first episode. I'm so sorry. That outfit, I just, I can't, like... First off, the reference for me wasn't horror movie enough. Ghostbusters is not a horror movie. They're not a horror yeah. icon. Not a thing. Yeah. The winner of the week and shoes is Astrid. And Bitter Betty is safe, leaving Formaldehyde and Zavaleta up for extermination. Now, let's go through this really quickly because there was a lot of drama before we got to the extermination yeah. challenge. They will be participating in a makeover of one of Dragula's most iconic extermination challenges. They will be taken to an abandoned cemetery where they will be buried alive. They will be snug as a bug and be joined by various vermin. The more visitors they can tolerate, the better their score. And after their burial, they will consider their extermination as well as their floor show. We head off stage to the cauldron and Astrid nicely and kindly asks Zabala how she's feeling. And she jumps down her throat and says, is that really a fucking question right now? Welcome to the dramatic TV portion of the show. Yeah, literally. The untucked. Zava is feeling devastated because she is facing her fears for the first time. Her biggest fear is loneliness, darkness, and being buried alive. The last time she was at a cemetery was when she buried her sister. Mary says they heard from Zavaleta how... Uh, she's feeling but now how's Formelda feeling before she can even open her mouth Zavaleta jumps in and says she doesn't talk Saint pops up and says Zavaleta stop being mean yeah Formelda is going to say she feels good about what she presented on stage and there are looks around the room questioning that statement so what would she change more needles (laughs) yeah that was that was like oh that's yeah okay Zavaleta is like, you wouldn't change the shoes since they read you for the shoes. And again, Saint is like, stop being mean. Zava is like, I'm not being mean. She's in the bottom, but they loved everything she had on and tells Formelda they hate everything she had on. She goes on to say she's in the bottom because of her gag and Formelda's in the bottom because of her look. Fix your mouth, mask, show emotion, and that's on, period. Just, it was just so much. It was just so much in such a short span of time. Way too much. She's going to say she doesn't have anything to prove she's a star she shines and mary's like actually boo you do got something to prove so zava's gonna walk off start crying and as the tech crew is working on her mic she tells them she's pissed and she came here to prove herself that she's a star and she didn't expect this she is done with the monsters calling her a bitch and a mean girl she says she's a bitch for a reason that life made her that way i'm gonna say it but reddit did not quite see it that same way they have not taken too kindly to zavaleta on reddit Um, some of the comments are really, really upsetting. Uh, so Zava, please don't read Reddit. Stay away. Yeah, that's too late. You already told her to. Mary says that as so. Go ahead. I want to. I'm. This is some insider tea, but allegedly all of the Dragula contestants are not allowed to have Reddit accounts. Oh, that's that's a whole contract thing. But I know at least during the audition process, you're not allowed to have a Reddit account. Interesting. Interesting. Mary says that as someone who lost someone, she couldn't go to a ceremony, but Coco is over here serving troops and saying all life is temporary and you never know when you're going to go. Okay, who's got the weed pen and when do I get a hit? Right. <laughs> oh, that's Thank you for reminding me. I need to have my edible. Thank you. 
when Zava comes back to the group, she says, sorry if I hurt your feelings, but those are what your what those are your feelings. Basically, sorry, not sorry. Um, we head over to the cemetery, see two holes in the ground uh, with plush coffins. It's not just a box of wood. They both get in, get sealed shut, and let the fun begin. Um, through night vision camera, we see them shake and hyperventilate as the drill is used, dirt is thrown on, and then we get some water and creepy crawlies. There's a lot of screaming and fucking, and um, could either of you do this? Yeah, I was thinking it. I was thinking about that. I I don't know. I honestly don't know because I really struggle with vermin mm-hmm. <laughs> and creatures. Uh, but you know, if I was on a show and a hundred thousand dollars was wine, I I would find a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the death scene. Both Formelda and Zavaleta come out of their grave as they are accompanied by the Mass Boulets and the new song, Time to Die, yeah. uh, which will be on the soundtrack at the end of the season. They run until they are caught by the Boulets. We watch as one is stabbed, the other lives another day, and we see Formelda hide dead on the ground. One, what did you think of this show? And two, did the Marait monster die? The ending sucked. I hate the new yep. chase sequence bullshit. They should have kept it the way they kept it because that was at least funny to see how each personal character would die. I thought it was yep. much more fun and it like let us know more about the character. This whole running thing was just stupid. Yep. Yeah. Stupid. I think they picked the right person. I think they picked the right person though, yeah. Well, I got some burning questions to wrap this up. Um, what is Formaldehyde's legacy? The boots. Like... <laughs> I mean, she makes a great mask. That's she mm-hmm. makes a fucking spooky ass mask. I think it is not ready for Dragula. Too soon. Too young. Wasn't ready. Kiki. <laughs> Who will be exterminated next? Mary Cherry. Based yeah, off of the performances, I would think Mary. If Mary does a similar thing to what she did, I think she's gone. After one episode, the winner of the season is. I want. I think Sigourney. I'm gonna call it now. Hmm. I don't know. I think it could still be Saint. I like. I still think Saint's gonna at least make top three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, Hoso had a really good episode and had really good uh, good edit. So Hoso is my yeah. top right now. Yeah. Well, we usually do a little mini extermination challenge, and we have like a minute. But we're going to, since I can't do live things with y'all, we're going to do more of like truth or dare style things. So this is your mini extermination challenge inspired by um, being buried alive. Oh, God. The question is, what is your darkest secret you are taking to the grave? That's stupid. Well, someone's got to come up with something (laughs) if they want to help me here. You wanted it to be inspired uh, by the actual extermination, so. My darkest secret it was in the closet for 24 years, and that shit's out, and then I, out and about and prayed around town now, so. <laughs> I don't, uh, Lika, what about you? I'm trying to think. I was going to say that I'm a pothead, but I think that's pretty much like a, everyone hot <laughs> <not> now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. I'll put it on Instagram. I got to think about it. I honestly don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, I need right. to think oh, about well, it too. When you put uh, put it on there, just tag me and I'll share it with everybody. But Perfect. where can we find you both on social media, Venmo, and any upcoming projects you got? 
Zaliko, you go first. Sorry, I'm You're admiring your face. I still can't believe I did. I want uh, for the viewers to know or the listeners to know I did a full face of drag makeup during this podcast. You should and I'm take take an myself. after t- take an after picture. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah um, we'll we'll take a picture. My Instagram is at Zalika NYC. I changed it because Parsons was getting boring. So it's Z-A-L-I-K-A-N-Y-C. Um, my Venmo is tip the drag queen, tip like my penis, the drag queen with my like my job. And to throw a little birdie rumor out there, Thick Tuesdays may be making a comeback, and I'm very excited about it. Okay. Well, and you got something coming up in November, yes? Oh, yeah, the huge Madonna show that I'm supposed to be promoting, that one. Yeah, at $3 Bill, the inaccurate collection featuring Zavaleta, the bitchiest monster of them all. So I'm excited. That's true. Hella, how about you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram or whatever else at hell of a time, H-E-L-L-A-V-A-T-Y-M-E. Uh, you can pay me at hella666. Um, I, anything coming up, I have weird, I'm hosting a Rocky Horror thing tomorrow. Uh, Yes, our monthly show at Metro Bar uh, here in D.C. is kicking off the last couple months, so it's been great. Um, And yeah, all around the district, the DMV. Well, thank you both for being here and talking through this first episode. Yes, thank you. I'm happy to be here. The biggest thanks to Hella and Zalikli for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.